Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I escaped from a county jail when I was 17 years old in 2006. What stories do you rarely tell because nobody will believe you? I'm a living witness to something known as the McMasterville explosion. Sill, the paint company, made explosives. Their explosives factory, which was a giant factory on the same grounds as the paint making factory. One night the whole thing blew up. I was looking right at it when it went. Not just the explosives but thousands of gallons of flammable liquids from other parts of the factory all went up at once. It was estimated to have the power of a 1 kiloton explosion. I lived on the side of a mountain called MT St. Hilaire a little over a mile away looking down at the factory site. When you see an explosion like that from a distance the land ripples like water. Like when you drop a stone in water. I was riding a bike. The ground shook me first then the air blast knocked me on my butt. The factory was deliberately sunk into the ground and surrounded by a high trench wall in case it ever blew up so the nearby town of Beloyal wouldn't get leveled. So the explosive force got punched into the ground and the factory was blown straight up in the air. Tons of wreckage rained down for miles. No one I know of was hit by anything but many small fires were started all over the place. My next door neighbor found a train wheel in his backyard and it was red hot when he found it. That my father was arrested for stealing 100k worth of Hershey kisses and during his time in jail I found out that he was not my biological father. My biological father owned a chain of restaurants that I frequented as a kid and teenager. I found this all out a few weeks after my 18th birthday. I was 6 years old, and my parents took my family down to this new world. Yay. On the flight down, the pilot made an announcement that if you looked out the window, you could see the space shuttle launching. It was kind of far away, but I could definitely see it in a plume of smoke. Very cool. We land in Orlando, and everyone is dead silent, glued to the TVs. It was the Challenger, and it exploded on launch. I saw the Challenger explode. Frick. I actually don't tell anyone I roll either, but certainly not on Reddit. I won millions of dollars in the lottery about 15 years ago and kept it secret. I didn't change my lifestyle much except to buy a modest house and new, used, car. I waited a few years to quit my job. I did not tell a single soul that that I'd won, including family. The only people who know are my accountant and lawyer. A few people noticed I had a little more money than usual, but I told them I inherited a small nest egg. I think this is the smart thing to do. When I was about 5 years old I drove from Mass to Virginia with my family. Upon arrival, my legs just wouldn't work. Eventually my parents took me to the hospital. I went through various testing before being diagnosed with a flesh-eating bacteria. They wanted to amputate. Not sure if the procedure was ever scheduled, but my legs healed magically overnight. Turns out my blood sample got contaminated. What really happened was I had sat on my legs the whole car ride there. 15 years later and I've retained all appendages thus far. I'd hope they would, you know, test twice before removing your legs. 
Around the age of 12 I was diagnosed with severe OCD. I struggled with it so much that I had psychiatrists say they could do no more for me. A therapist that made house calls and I've even participated in studies. Evaluated on the other side of a one way mirror kinda crap. Perhaps in desperation. My parents eventually sent me to a psychiatric hospital halfway across the country which specialized in the treatment of OCD. I was there for 3 months until my insurance ran out. Now I'm 22 years old and I've overcome it so much that nobody, besides family, even realizes anything is was ever wrong with me. With all these people running around saying I'm so OCD. I eat my M&M's one color at a time. And them not knowing me back then, I don't even bother divulging a part of my life they would be unable to comprehend the severity of. Whoa, congrats. OCD is amazingly difficult to overcome and I wish you a lifetime of happiness and continued success. Also, grats to being a good guy Greg and not telling your story to people who are OBV, just attention seeking, and who prob, wouldn't even appreciate hearing it anyway. That I touched the Texas execution bed. I went to school in Huntsville, TX. One day my sophomore year, I took a prison tour of the walls unit. This is not where death row is, but it is where the execution chamber is. It was this tiny, teal room and there was a dozen of us standing around the bed. They talked for a while about the execution process, and where the families sit, etc etc. But I wasn't paying attention. I was just staring at this bed where hundreds of people were killed. When everybody was walking out of the room, I reached down and touched the bed where the prisoners heads would be. A guard yelled at me to not do that, and then we all went along our way. It was a very chilling moment, and I hope that I never have to be in that room ever again. I once partied with Steve-O from Jackass, before Jackass was even a thing, circa 1997. He was cool, but crazy as frick. In one evening he taught me how to roll a double joint, told me a story about his life in the circus and broke into an apartment complex for a midnight swim. To top off the evening, he lit himself on fire and jumped off a three-story roof of the complex into a four-featuring deep pool. I almost never tell people this story because it sounds totally made up, but I wasn't the only one there. Thing is, I'm not in touch with any of the other people that were there who could corroborate. Ah well. Spun outs in heavy rain on the interstate. When my car finally stopped it was facing an oncoming semi. I had only a few seconds to put my Honda in park and turn the ignition back on. For some reason it shut off and pull off the road. When I first looked up and saw the semi I calmly grumbled to myself. Are you freaking serious because I have always thought I was a pretty good driver and was surprised this is how I was going to die. Nobody believes that is how I reacted the few times I've told the story. They assume I was probably panicking or freaking out. Really the most frightening thing about the moment was realizing I'm not that afraid of death. A good driver knows that you can start a car in neutral and it's faster than park. Back in college, I had to stop seeing a girl because she turned out to be crazy. Seriously crazy. Candy and I went on half a dozen dates, and then I didn't hear from her for a couple of days. She finally showed up at school, and I asked her where she'd been. I threw a guy out the window, she laughs, she had a nice body, and would frequently be the target of sexual harassment because of it, she had great curves, and was extremely fit and athletic, there was a group of frat boy stereotypes that would constantly yell things at her, make obscene gestures at her, and generally do all they could to make her life a living heck, 
One day, these guys stopped her on the stairs and started harassing her again. The leader of the idiots, who we shall call douche, decided to take things to the next level and grab her breasts. Big mistake. She grabbed him by his popped collar and tossed him out the window. Fortunately, it was open. Douche went through the screen and fell about 20 feet. He lived, but was pretty banged up. She tells me this story, and I ask why she wasn't in prison. Oh, he decided not to press charges. Douche hated her because they used to date, and had gone through a bad breakup. However, he was afraid to press charges against her because she had their last lovemaking session on video. Why is he so afraid of his friends seeing him having sex I ask? It's not like they don't know you used to date. She laughs again. Well, do you know what pegging is? Maybe a little crazy, but she was cornered and defended herself. The blackmail is a little intimidating, but again, she managed to defend herself. I used to skip out of high school and jump onto coal trains and ride them to other cities. My parents would issue amber alerts and crap. Eventually they would find me, or cops would, and I would be sent back home to do it again next week. I lived on couches from when I was 16 years old and no one ever came to get me. Kids, don't take concerned and involved parents for granted. I took revenge on a rapist by stabbing him in the ear with a q-tip. He assaulted a friend of mine who repeatedly told him to stop. He touched her, then he pinned her, then he raped her. She hasn't recovered since, and even came to distrust her closest friends. She told me his name, and I hunted him. I learned where he worked, where he lived, his schedule. In between my work shifts, I would catch up to him and keep tabs. I did this for two weeks. When he got out of work one night, I was waiting. He didn't hear me slip up behind him, and I put the q-tip into his right ear and slammed it in with my palm. You wouldn't believe the blood, the shrieking, I couldn't move. I just watched him writhing. We were alone. No one was around to help him or catch me. I finally gathered my wits and ran like heck. I burned the clothes, gloves, and ski mask I had been wearing. I never made a sound so he couldn't identify my voice. And as much as I thought I was going to drop the one line or learn to listen, I held back so he couldn't tell the police any sort of motive. The girl was never questioned and neither was I, and as best I know, his hearing is totally destroyed in his right ear. I have no regrets. I also never tell the story, I don't think anyone would believe it, but more importantly, I don't want anyone to know, nor do I really want to know the consequences of my social status if people did believe it. I dated a girl at 13, her father co-authored the official Java documentation. As a guy who has to frequently use Java based administration apps to manage enterprise systems, please look her up, seduce her, and frick her in the butt like you just got out of prison. Then leave the condom on the hood of his car. That I was able to get a flight attendant's number by using Game of Thrones as my conversation starter. It was like a dream coming true. But then all of my friends discredit my accomplishment. I lost my virginity at 15 to a girl who was 17. In a forest. We didn't have a condom so she let the first hole I entered be her butt. Then she got to turned on and had me go from butt to vag taking the morning after pill the next day, and then asked me to finish in her mouth. After two months of trying to get my friends to believe me I just gave up. I stopped caring whether or not people believe my stories. I went undercover to sell C4 to a cop. I won a kissing contest with an 18 year old high school student when I was 29. 
My ex-fiancee's first orgasm came from a dog. The list goes on and on. It just doesn't matter anymore. Whether or not someone believes me doesn't change anything. I remember reading about your crazy fancy dog orgasm story in some other comment section. Reddit sure does seem like a small place. I lost my virginity to my best friend's mom. I can't say any more cause too many of my friends that know my fake virginity story are editors. If there is interest I could make a throwaway. Do it. I'm interested. I have to. 1. No one ever believes that I'm African. I was born in Rhodesia. I came to the US in 1985. 2. My first wife and I, we got drunk at a New Year's party and ended up having a three-way with her mom. That ended our relationship and to the best of my knowledge ended their relationship. I kept fricking her mom for two more years. My mom thought Paul McCartney kidnapped me. My mom was walking with me on the beach in the Hamptons when I was an infant. McCartney came up to my mom and asked if he could hold me. My mom was on desperate need of the bathroom and didn't want to go inside with me. So she asked if McCartney wouldn't mind watching me for a few minutes. Apparently I started sobbing so he paced up and down the beach and my mom couldn't find me when she came out of the bathroom. She called my dad and they spent two hours looking for me before they found McCartney sitting on a beach chair with me in his arms. This may get buried and not be as interesting as some of the others, but I have one that nobody ever believes. 1. When I was in 4th grade, I was completely obsessed with Chuck Berry. I mean, religiously obsessed. I still am to a certain extent. But that was back in the day when I was first discovering rock and roll. Well, as fortune would have it, Chuck Berry came to my city to perform at the local venue. He must have been in his 70s at that point. I was beyond excited. So of course, my mother being the caring and loving person that she is, bought tickets, and we went. The whole entire show, I was in the very front. And then I had an idea. I didn't know if it could possibly work or not. But there was a pause. And I went for it. While Chuck was tuning his guitar, I started yelling, Mr. Berry, Mr. Berry. To my absolute bewilderment, he leaned in from the stage, and with a huge grin on his face, asked me what's up, little buddy to which I replied, can I please sing Johnny B? Good with you. Holy crap. He says yes. I'm a fourth grader, on stage at a huge venue, with the father of rock and roll about to sing one of his most famous songs with him. He starts the opening riff. I'm shaking, but not from stage fright. No, it was from the sheer shock of being in this situation. I start singing. The crowd erupts. I bellow out the song. At the end, Chuck asks me what's your name. Young man I tell him my name. The crowd start cheering my name for a solid minute. It was the most incredible feeling, and hands down the best gift I've ever received. I had two dreams about planes hitting buildings two nights in a row directly before 9-11. Still remember them both very vividly. Right now your upvote to downvote ratio is 9, 2, 2 equals 1 and 1, 9-11, Nicholas Caged. I went to Puerto Rico with my family when I was 15 years old. My dad was notorious for always thinking people were celebrities when they look nothing like them. During our second day of vacation he goes hey, isn't that Paul Schaffer, David Letterman's sidekick band leader. We thought it was going to be one of those instances where it was just some bald dude with some glasses, but he was right. My dad went up to him and started talking to him and the guy did indeed confirm he was Paul Schaffer. After that. 
Paul was frequently interacting with our family. We were in a lounge one night listening to jazz music and he came up to us and started talking to us. One morning at breakfast he sat at the table next to us purposely so he can hang out with us. It was surreal. One afternoon, I was boogie boarding and got hit hard by a wave and fell down. When I got up, I didn't realize I lost my bathing suit. Not only did I have shrinkage, but I had a bunch of little pebbles stuck around my crotch region. As I'm standing there, I see Paul Schaffer right in front of me getting a full view of everything. I watched Letterman four weeks after seeing if he talked about the incident, but he didn't. People think it's all BS when I tell them. It's early evening in July 1997. I am a 21 year old, tiny, 5 feet 3 inches and 85 pounds, recently married mother, at home with my napping daughter while my husband is at work. I am sitting in the front room on the computer looking at dinner recipes when suddenly a 5 feet 9-ish, 200 pound, stocky Mexican guy throws the front door open and walks in. There is a household of Mexicans two doors down so I nicely tell him he is in the wrong house and motion in the right direction. At this point I am not at all concerned, it's a good neighborhood and I have never had any problems. He is out of breath, panting, sweat dripping on the floor. Honestly, my first reaction was to think he was going to freak up my floors with his sweat and dirty boots. He takes a step inside and in a much more forceful tone I tell him to get out. A smile starts across his face and warning bells start sounding in my racing mind. We don't own a gun and the kitchen is in the back of the house so grabbing a knife isn't an option. My daughter's room is directly off the front room and the only thing between her and the stranger is a closed, unlocked door, which he is standing closer to. When my eyes go to that door, I see his travel the same direction. He takes another step inside. I back up to the desk and fumble behind my back for a pair of scissors while yelling and screaming at him to get out. He turns slightly to the right and takes another step towards my daughter's room. That is it for me. Mama's superpowers engage and I know at that moment, I will kill him before I let him open that door. I take two long strides across the room, pretty sure I'll let out some kind of primal caveman scream. Swing my right arm as hard as I can and bury the scissors in his left side, right below his rib cage, until my fist can go no deeper. Tilt them towards me a little and pull them out. Blood goes everywhere, all over my clothes, my shoes, my arms, and in my mouth. He turns and bolts out the still open front door, not once looking back at me. I immediately run outside and puke off of the porch, getting his blood on the wood railing. We could never get it clean and it sat for 6 months as a reminder until I convinced my husband to help me paint. I grab the phone and call 9, 1, 1, the police come with dogs, but they lose a scent and blood trail a couple blocks away and simply take evidence, including the scissors, and file a report. Other than be yearly HIV tests for several years because the scissors had cut into my hand and their obsession for locking doors, nothing ever came of it. I have no idea what happened to him. He didn't visit a local hospital. My daughter slept until after the police left and thinks I am joking when I tell her I would physically hurt someone who tried to do her harm. TLDR. Stabbed Mexican because he made a move towards my baby girl's bedroom. 10 stroke 10 would do again if necessary but hope my daughter never finds out. All true and no no one will believe it. Caught a 83 pound salmon in Alaska. A 6 and a half foot halibut. Swam with dolphins. Delivered 3 kids, rescued 3 people from drowning, been to 3 drowning deaths, lived on a boat for 20 years, 
knew most of the guys in the grunge movement before they were famous, live on a bus. That's just a start. A couple weeks ago I started my freshman year at LMU in Los Angeles. Partying ensued as anyone would believe. It was crazy like it should be but it didn't get insane until I stated the shots of Liquid C which is a 3 shot drink of 1 shot Rumpel 1 shot Yeager and 1 shot 151. State blackout juice. But last thing I remember is walking some girls back to their dorm so that they would be safe. But after that all I remember is waking up 3 miles off campus on the runway of LAX airport surrounded by cops after having delayed air traffic for half an hour. The cops were really nice and didn't even write me up let alone arrest me. They told me that they should arrest me on site but they were instructed not to because they didn't want it to get out on the news that a drunk man stumbled past Terry Ost grade security. After the let me go and I staggered home unable to stand so I was looking boom holding myself up on a shopping cart until I give up and just climb into the cart suddenly some homeless guy starts pushing me the rest of the way and I give him 20 bucks for helping me get home. That is one of my favorite stories on reddit. What an awesome bum. I know it's too late for this comments to get noticed, but here is my very lame but hard to believe story. Playing cards with friends, drinking a bit, my teammate across the table throws a card and hits me in the mouth. Jokingly, I act like I'm going to do the same to him, but instead I throw it straight up in the air. Everyone 5 people, watches this card go up and come down in the middle of the table. It somehow goes right through the table and lands on the floor. It went through the split and the table leaves. This is a wooden table, fairly expensive. After the amazement and laughter wears off, my teammate took a card and figured out that was the only possible place throughout the entire table a card could even squeeze through. Of course I'm a bit tipsy and brag about it. My teammate hits me in the mouth again with a card and calls me out saying it was a once in a lifetime shot, that it was all luck and I could never repeat it. By the gods, I took the card he hit me with and made the same shot. Lame I know but it was awesome at the time and we still talk about it to this day. It happened in 2006. I met Luis Suarez. I was NR11 of Holland in table tennis, with 3 years to become NR1. Then quit. My dad could have made the Dutch national squad in soccer and my mom was the best female snooker player of Holland. And I'm just sitting here, red-eyeting. Am I the only person slightly perturbed about the call the parents first comment? Teenagers getting away with drunk driving, or not properly recognizing the seriousness of it has left me missing several loved ones. This will get buried surely, but who cares. Since I was young I had the most amazing sense of smell, incredibly strong, to the point where I'd be able to smell what type of mint gum my teachers would chew from the back of the classroom. A year before entering high school I actually managed to pinpoint an apartment in my building, 8 floors above mine, where, later to be discovered, was a dead body that has been rotting for a few days. But that's not even the cool part, I'll try to make this quick. It's 9th grade, and I'm a complete prude. I've never kissed a girl, seen one naked, or she i-e-i-e-i-t, even held hands with one. I wasn't too upset about it. I knew the time would come. Hell. Flash forward to spring break of 9th grade. I'm on vacation with my parents in Bermuda. I think it was Bermuda. On a resort. I managed to get pretty close to another girl that was staying at the resort. She happened to be from the same area I grew up at and boy, she was a cutie. A cutie who was finishing up her third Long Island iced tea. We end up behind one of the huts where they do scuba gear rentals and whatnot. 
we start making out and by god, besides my complete inability to control my boner and tongue, it was fantastic, until I started to kiss her neck, my nostrils were filled with the most indescribable, luscious, addictive scent, it was deep but fruitful, like honey poured over roses, the scent made me crave more, and I noticed the more I kissed her neck, the more of it I smelled, I became so overwhelmed with it that my brain shut down, I lost control of myself and I felt the undying urge to bite into her skin, the next thing I know, it's the following morning and I wake up in my hotel room, I go up to the buffet with my parents and sit down with them, eat, and then get ready to hit the pool, I'm waiting for the elevator with parents when all of a sudden I start to remember what happened the night before, the elevator door opens, the girl is there, with 4x4 gauze wrapped around her neck and a look in her eyes as though I was the shooter on the grassy knoll, flash forward again, I'm in my senior year of college, I've spoken to my doctor about it, she has no clue what I'm talking about, and advises me to seek psychological eval, but I know what the deal is, I can smell pheromones, and they smell good. I was potty trained by a cat, my dad lit the hospital on fire as I was being born and my first word was blood as JN marijuana, gonna need more on the cat story. I was in a restaurant with a friend, I always shake ketchup super hard so it isn't runny at the top, my friend knew this and unscrewed the lid, and just set it on the top of the glass Heinz bottle, when I shook it, I sprayed ketchup in a 30 foot arc, all over my friend, all over the wall, all over the cop next to us, all over the people at the table next to him, cop looked down at his ketchup covered chest, and with murder in his eyes, got up and, oh wait a minute, it literally went everywhere but on the cop, the line of ketchup on the wall stopped next to him and started just past him, it was like the way a tornado will skip one house on the block, the cop had an expression I'd never seen before and wouldn't again until Pulp Fiction came out, just total disbelief that he had not been hit. He went from murderous rage to stunned disbelief and just kind of nodded at me. Probably the closest I've been to getting my teeth kicked in and also the most direct divine intervention I've ever seen. I have no clue why or how the ketchup skipped the cob. I'm just glad I can still eat corn on the cob. Was 15 and staying over at my girlfriend's home for the first time. She lived 40 miles away so I was staying for a week over the summer holidays. On the first day I was really really nervous, and did the most almighty crap in her toilet. After 3 flushes and lots of toilet roll it wouldn't flush. I panicked, got more toilet roll, wrapped the beast up in it, and walked into the kitchen where I stuck it in an almost empty bin. The next 3 days were possibly the worst of my life. Not until the 4th day did the bin finally get emptied, and I could enjoy the rest of the week with her. My father was a delusional schizophrenic who, before he died, was convinced that he and Bruce Willis were friends. I remember being with him as we pulled up to the celebrity's estate, and later on, my father being escorted off the property by Bruce, and his alarmed security, Willis prosecuted, and successfully had my father locked up in a rather dangerous jail facility in Southern California for over a year. I was about 12 years old at the time, and tried telling my story to a few friends. No one believed me, and even adults I told this story to thought I was. I have no idea what they thought, but the reaction was nearly always hostile, disbelieving, and always rude. Thus, I kept the story to myself almost exclusively until reading your headline. My father's passed away nearly 10 years, 
and it's still hard to watch any films with Bruce Willis, Looper, for instance, which I saw just a few days ago, a great story, but the lump in my stomach due to an old childhood shame is ever present when I see that man is on the screen, sigh. At the age of 24, about a year after I graduated from college I was given the opportunity to work as a guide for a spring break company in Kankan, MX. This is 1999. Basically they hired a bunch of 20-somethings to get college kids off of their planes and onto their buses to the hotels. We would deal with problems students caused at those hotels, burning down rooms, getting caught doing drugs, urinating in public, etc. We also host parties at nightclubs, and basically got the pick of the litter of coeds that came down to get wasted and have sex with strangers. It was an awesome job and we got treated like kings by the club owners and college kids alike. The craziest story, and I have a ton of them actually happened to me personally after the spring break season was over. I was waiting to get on a flight back to the US. We flew standby, and were unsuccessful the first two days I tried. So as usual I went out drinking and that night I happened upon a guy who I thought was an American. He spoke great English and he started telling me about the strip club that was about 20 miles or so outside of town in the middle of the desert. The crazy horse. Any redditors who have been there feel free to confirm or correct me. The man said we should take a cab there and he would pay for everything and it sounded great to me so off we went. We arrive at the strip club and he breaks out in perfect Spanish and proceeds to tell the cab driver that I was the one who was paying for the cab. Although the job was really fun we got paid very little and I was basically broke and didn't have the cab fare. Next thing you know the cops are coming over to find out what is going on and I speak very little Spanish and I am wasted so I am rapidly losing the argument and the police officer is ready to arrest me. As he starts to put on the handcuffs, the owner of one of the nightclubs, Top daddy, that we had parties that comes walking up out of nowhere with his bouncers and starts talking the cop. He convinces him to let me go, tells me to go inside with the bouncers and keep my mouth shut. Not sure what he did but really don't remember the rest of the night but I know I was sure that I was going to the Mexican prison that I had bailed out a bunch of students from and it doesn't happen quickly and it isn't pretty. I do as I'm told and actually flew home the next day. I had a dream that lasted a month. It was really crazy. Every day was live moment to moment just as I am living now, but none of it was real. It was crazy to say the least. I stopped telling people about it because all I got was a oh yeah okay missus. Swan style. I got a hand job when I was in kindergarten. Before I start, I know, at that age, there are things that just don't go down. Because puberty, I know. Now, when I was in kindergarten, I had a girlfriend. I don't even remember her name. It may have been Ariel, so we'll use that, with whom I held hands at school and had sexy play dates consisting of eating Pop-Tarts. One day, my mom was taking us somewhere, but stopped by a friend's house on the way and left us in the car for a couple of minutes. Once my mom had left, Ariel told me to take my pants off. I had no clue what she was doing but she said she had seen her parents do it once. She then started to play with my dong. This is really freaking weird to write. Sigh. I really didn't know what was going on. And it wasn't until many years later that I realized what had gone down that day. So she was playing with my dong until we hear my mom coming back to the car. I tried to put my pants back on. But I had a hard time with the zipper at that age. So when my mom got to the car. I asked her to help. After about a second of complete silence. 
A look of horror fell across her face. Flustered, she told me to go sit up in the front seat and hurried back into her friend's house. Confused, but excited, I turned back to Ariel with a smirk on my face and said I get to sit in the front seat. That when I was about 11 years old I stole Justin Timberlake's watch. He flipped his crap started yelling at me. I laughed in his face and walked away with the most awesome watch ever. It was probably an heirloom given to him by one of his dead grandparents and it can never be replaced. My girlfriend of 5 years told me her last boyfriend physically abused her to the point that she had to seek counseling. She never told me his name. This girl is beautiful and caring and wonderful and my best friend. I would not let that stand. When we first started dating, he would call her, threaten her, tell her he would kill her, her family, and on and on. I asked her dad who he was. I told him I wanted to end her torment. He smiled at me and gave me his name and his address. He lived in a crappy piece of town and we had no trouble finding his place. We wore masks and broke into his house we pretty much beat him to an inch of his life. That was 5 years ago. The 3 of us are the only ones who know. I am still with her. I'm a lab assistant at the hospital. And one of my duties is to draw patients blood. I don't get many interesting patients but I had this tall man in his late 80s. He was still very strong and very alert. I asked him his secret and we got deep into conversation. We got into where I was from, the Philippines, and he said he loved being deployed there as well as the food and the people. I asked him what he did during the war. This guy pretty much shadowed President Truman with a so called briefcase called a football I didn't understand at first, but then he explains to me that it was the code, named for the briefcase that was handcuffed to him that had the nuclear launch codes. First and only person that had the chance to use it. My best friend was killed in front of me. I was visiting the West Bank cover the summer of 06 during the Israeli Hezbollah war. I'm a Palestinian and go visits to see family all the time. While I was in my father's hometown, Israeli settlers from the settlement of Yetzu decided to come and pick a fight. Before you knew it, shots began flying. A few Palestinian men had small pistols and began to retaliate. Then the Israeli army was called. It was an absolute massacre. The settlers and the military shot anyone on sight. During the raid my friend and I were going to a local supermarket when they stormed the town. As the skirmish started west of the town, up near the settlement. When they came down, it was bloody. The school was raided. I watched at least 25 people die in front of me. What hits the most, is when we were cornered and wanted to dash to my place. 250 meters. We waited for a break in the shorting and ran. My friend, Muhannad was shot in the neck, right in front of me. It was tragic. I'll never forget all that blood. The raid continued another hour or so, until curfew was established and the Israelis tracked down the men who had the pistols. Of course many Palestinians were killed and arrested, while the settlers went unpunished. The 17th of July, 2006. While sitting in the library using the computers a girl who had no arms sat down on the computer across from me. She used her feet to type out whatever and left 5 minutes later. I couldn't take a picture since I was sitting across from her and it would look really awkward. No one believes me. I believe you. I saw a segment on Inside Edition, I think, about a girl with no arms and how she drives, writes, texts, puts on makeup, etc with her feet. If you are new to the channel, you can subscribe. I publish new videos every day. Until then, check another video.
Bye for now. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.